the other side. Good morning. So I'm going to put on my preaching glasses because I used to wear my um, reading glasses and then I would look down and then I'd look up and then I'd take them off and I'm trying to be less fidgety. So having to stay in my little square helps a lot, keeps me anchored because you guys know I like to roam. <laughs> so. Today we're on the wandering, chapter six, and when Pastor Dan asked me if I could speak on this, I have really enjoyed reading this over again, and, um, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And so, you know, in January, the Lord spoke to me, and he told me to get out of my rut, and I, so I was kind of like, what rut is this, Lord? And he says, well, you get up in the morning and you go, oh, my back. <laughs> Oh, my neck. Oh, this knee. He said, stop it. Stop it. Start proclaiming my healing. And so I realized that I was grumbling. Now, one of the things that we found out about Israel after they left uh, Egypt, guess what they did? They grumbled. Now, one of the reasons they grumbled so much was because they were a mixed multitude. It says in Numbers 11, 4 through 6. And when you go back and look in Exodus, it says they were a mongrel mixed people. And they just decided to go along with Israel. Who knows, maybe they were other slaves or whatever, but they just decided to go. And because they had different beliefs and different things, it caused them to actually cause problems with Israel. And so it says the mixed multitude that was among them fell to lusting. And they wept and said, who will give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul has died away, dried away. There is nothing at all except this manna. Now here their manna was angel's food, came down from heaven, and so they got tired of it. They just didn't want manna anymore. I had to laugh because when Ray and I first went to Costa Rica, they, there were a lot of things that we couldn't get in Costa Rica that we could get in the States. And I had to make bread from scratch, and they didn't have any good junk food. You know, it was just terrible. And so I totally can identify with them that they were grumbling and complaining because they missed certain foods. But the thing is, they grumbled every minute. And every time they grumbled, God came through. He gave them water when they needed water. He gave them quail. He gave them manna. He gave them everything. Every time that there was a need, they had seen the miracles of the Exodus. They had seen the thunder and lightning on the holy mountain. All of this. So it's no wonder in Numbers 11, 14 through 17 that Moses said, Lord, I am not able to bear all these people alone because it's too heavy for me. He was asking for some help. And I will say this, anybody that's ever pastored, my husband and I, we did the same thing. Lord, we can't bear all these people alone. We need some help. And so God did. He sent us LaRue and Dennis and 
and uh, Brother Herbert and different ones that were helpers for us. And so God had mercy on Moses, and he said, Gather unto me 70 men of the elders, and I am going to come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put it on them. And I just always thought that was so interesting. He didn't say, I'm going to come and put my spirit. He had already put his spirit on Moses. He said, I'm going to take the spirit that I've put on you. So leaders, we need to realize this. The spirit that we have on us is going to get on other people. And Brother Hagen used to say, I've lost so many anointings because they've jumped off of me and got on somebody else. And so God wanted to bring spirit-filled leadership and help Moses. So first of all, the first point is, are we thankful or complaining? What kind of people are we? And then the second one is that God wanted to have fellowship with the people. Going back to Exodus again in 20, 18 through 21, it says, All the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. Now, granted, it's probably a little scary. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, You speak for us and we'll hear, but don't let God speak to us or else we're going to die. That was their, their attitude and their opinion towards the Lord, that they were afraid of him. They never really came into relationship. They never really understood that God was for them. They really, well, we know they weren't born again in the Old Testament, but they were under a covenant with God. And God was on their side. And Moses said, fear not, for God has come to prove you. And, but the people stood afar off. They, they, wanted, they didn't want to draw close. But God kept trying to draw them to him. And he wanted spirit-filled leadership. So he did what he had told Moses. And he get, Moses went and gathered the 70 elders. The Lord came down in a cloud and spoke unto him and took of his spirit and gave it unto the 70 elders. And as the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. I love it when that spirit of prophecy comes down, that anointing comes down. And there's a lot of prophets in the church here. And it's a wonderful anointing. But two of the men didn't come, Eldad and Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of those that were supposed to come, but they didn't. They prophesied in the camp. And so a young man came and told Moses, he said, they're prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, Joshua understood spiritual authority. And so he felt like that it was not honoring Moses. So he spoke up and he said, my Lord Moses, forbid them. But Moses just wanted the people to draw close to the Lord. He said, envy them for my sake. Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. 
And so Moses, he just wanted the people to understand that relationship he had with God. So the, the fourth thing that I want to say here is that the congregation and even sometimes the close leadership didn't understand biblical godly authority. This was one of the things that got them into major problems. One, that they were a mixed company that grumbled and complained. Two, that they didn't know how to draw close to the Lord. And here, even Miriam and Aaron in Numbers 12 began to speak against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman that he had married. And they began to grumble and complain. And so we know this story. I'm not going to dwell on it. But it says the man Moses was very meek. Teachable, he was humble above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. God chose wisely when he gave this leadership to them. Nobody else could have stood up to it, I don't think. And so then the Lord came and the pillar of cloud came down upon Moses and Aaron and Miriam. And this was his brother and sister. You know, sometimes those that are closest to you actually don't see the anointing of God that is upon you. And there's a scripture, then the Lord said, you know, a prophet is without honor in his, own, in his own town. And so when this cloud came down upon him and it came off, Miriam was leprous. Now you think, why wasn't Aaron? But I tell you what I think, okay? This is not told us in the scripture, but let's just face it, ladies. Who do you think started it? I'm sorry, but it was just probably Miriam. So <laughs> that's why. And the Lord had mercy on her. Aaron says, oh, Lord, I beseech you, lay not this sin upon us, because we have done foolishly. And so in seven days, she was healed. And let's hope maybe that she, they learned a little lesson, not to talk against the leadership. And... So then the men were told to go spy out the land and to see the land and what it was and the people that dwell there, whether they're strong or weak, few or many. It wasn't that they were supposed to come back and just say, oh, yes, we can take it. They were supposed to come back and report. But they didn't come back and report the facts. They reported an evil report. Go see what cities they dwell in, whether they're in tents, whether they're in strongholds, what the land is, whether it's fat or lean, whether there are any woods therein, and be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. And now it was the time of the first striped grapes. And in Numbers 13, 23, it says, they came to the brook of Eskel, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two on a staff. So, you know, whenever you have Sunday school, you always see this picture of this big thing of grapes. And, I mean, it was a land of milk and honey that the Lord had promised to them, that he had told them that he was going to give them the land of milk and honey. And so they came and they said, we went into the land where you sent us. This is Numbers 13. 
and surely it flows with milk and honey. Now, don't you think that they should have remembered that God had promised them? Don't you think that they should have said, well, God told us this. Be reminded, God told us that he was going to give us a land of milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, here's the thing. They had already seen all the miracles. They had seen God's hand bringing them out of Egypt. They had seen God open up the sea for them to walk across. They had seen the sea come in on the Egyptian army. They had already seen all these miracles of God, and yet they didn't remember. I have had people tell me, if I could just see a miracle, I'd believe. If, if I could just see the mighty hand to God, that I would believe. But the truth is they saw it, but their hearts weren't changed. They weren't changed by the miracles of God. They had, not draw, they had not allowed what they had seen to draw them close to God. They had not seen God's heart for them. They had not seen his love for them. And so then they went on to talk about the Amalekites are there and the Hittites are there and the Jebusites are there and the Amorites are there and the Canaanites are there. And remember when... Uh, uh, Jeremiah spoke about all the ites a few weeks ago. We can't let all these ites hinder our relationship with God. But Caleb, one of the leaders who knew about the presence of God, who had a relationship with God, he stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. Now is the time. Sometimes we have to, the Lord is speaking to us. Now is the time. Now is the time for us to take what it is that God has promised us. Now is the time for us to obey the Lord. And even though there are giants in the land, God has promised this land to us and we're going to take it. But the men, they didn't listen to their leadership. They didn't listen to their leadership. And I, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I was thinking about it when I woke up crack of dawn today, that one of the reasons that we're having problems right now is a lack of understanding spiritual authority in the land. A lot of people don't recognize authority on pastors. And, you know, we, a lot of children don't recognize authority on the parents. A lot of people don't recognize biblical authority on bosses, even, even if they're not a good boss. I remember when I started teaching school, and the boss that I had really, I don't think he was a good boss, but he hired me, and I did my best for him. And I remember some of the other teachers were, we want to strike, we want more money, and I said, I signed this contract. This is a contract. And we don't understand spiritual authority in the world. And so there's a lot of lack and a lot of problems because of that. 
And so that we don't understand it's for our protection. You know, I, I had a covering when my husband was alive, and there's a protection in that. And so what happened is that the men said, we can't go up against these people for they're stronger than we are. And they brought an evil report. And whenever I read this, I'm like, Lord, please help me not bring an evil report. They, they could have brought the facts, but they brought the facts with fear. And they brought the facts without faith. And they brought the facts without believing that God was on their side. God is on our side. God is on our side. And there we saw, um, it's, they said, it's a land that is eaten up by the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Well, I'm kind of short, so everybody's of great stature to me. You know. Um, and so somebody will say, well, you know, how tall were they? And I'm like, well, they were taller than me. And so there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They forgot they had a bigger God than, than these giants. They had a bigger God. And all of the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And then they murmured against Moses and Aaron. I tell you, they just didn't understand. They didn't realize that Moses had already stood uh, before God for them and that he was a great leader. And, oh, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Well, you know, I just love it when people in the Bible say, oh, we should have just died there. And I'm thinking, well, then why are you complaining now? You know, just go fight the giant at least. You know, maybe you'll get the land. Oh, would God we had died in this wilderness. Well, they got their wish. And whether hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword and our wives and our children should be a prey. Oh, I tell you, it's so educational. It just is like, Lord, help me not to be a grumbler and a complainer. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt, then we're going to make a captain and return to Egypt. So here again, there was no understanding that they were going to. And, you know, it's a joke in the South that churches are built by splits. But it's really not a good thing to happen. You know, because the basis of it is rebellion. The basis of it is rebellion. And so Moses and Aaron fell on their faces, and Joshua and Caleb rent their clothes. The leadership said, you need to listen to what God is saying. The land is a good land. God wants to bring us all into a good land. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He has good things for us. If the Lord delights in us, if the Lord delights in us, and there's a scripture in Hebrews, I think, where it's, talking, where it's the, the people of faith. And when we have faith, God is pleased. And God 
delights in us. He, he, he loves it when we trust him, when times are hard. And so then they said, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land. But you see, they felt like that God hated them. They felt like that if they drew near to God, they would die. And so they didn't understand God's love and mercy towards them. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel you not against the Lord. You know, it's so sad. It's so sad. I have some friends that were Christians. I had some friends that were serving God. And a couple of them recently, and they've turned away from the Lord. They've rebelled against the, God, uh, against the Lord. They're full of bitterness and anger. And it's so sad that they, never, they don't understand the greatness of God. I have gone through some things in my life. I've gone through some things. I'm 70 years old. Most of us here have gone through some things. But we know in whom we have believed, and we're persuaded that he is able, that he is able to do that for us, that the Lord is able. And he said, only don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of this land, for they are bread for us. I like that. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But the congregation wouldn't listen to him and said, and began, wanted to stone them with stones. So the glory of the Lord came, and then the Lord began to speak to Moses. And he said, how long will these people provoke me? And, you know, I have to laugh. I meant to look it up, and I forgot, because last night I thought about it. How many times did Moses stand before the Lord and say, don't kill him? You know? I hope Pastor Dan will stand before us and say, don't kill them, Lord. Yes, they're rebellious. Yes, they, they don't know. You, I hope, hope you're not going to say that about us, Pastor Dan, that we are faithful and that we're not a rebellious people. I must say that it took a while for me to learn to understand about authority. Um, you know, we Americans were kind of independent. When you think about it, we sort of started the whole United States of America through a rebellion. I'm not saying, I mean, I think it was a good thing. I'm glad that we're Americans. But we're kind of an independent bunch. And it took me a while to understand biblical authority. And so as I was reading this, I just had to laugh because they never did. And God was going to destroy them and make a different people out of Moses. And I appreciate so much that Moses always stood in the gap, that he always said, Lord, you can't do that. Lord, these are your people, as ornery as they are. These are your people. You can't kill them in the wilderness because then everybody will say, well, God couldn't bring them into the land. So Moses talked to God face to face, and he told him, you can't do it. So... The Lord just gave them uh, a punishment then. But one of the things that I was looking for my scripture here, see if I can find it. He said, Moses said, all these men have seen, oh, God was saying to Moses, all these men have seen my glory and my miracles, 
which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten, many, ten times. But I looked up the word ten, and it said ten, thirteen, fifteen, seventeen. In other words, it was like it just kept going. It was a lot of times. And they've tempted me now these ten times, and they haven't hearkened to my voice. One of the things that we need to do is to remember what God has done. This builds faith. We have to remember. We, sometimes we have to go back. And some people I know journal, and they keep track of things that God has said and that God has done. And it reminds me, whenever I run into feeling like I don't have faith, then I go back and I remember when God came through for me. I remember when God gave Ray and I a trailer in Florida to live in when we were home from Nicaragua. I remember the times that the Lord healed my babies whenever they had, excuse me for being gross, big worms, you know, and parasites. I remember the times that the Lord healed me and touched me. We have to remember so that we're not swept away by what the present thing is because we remember what God has done for us. Hallelujah. And the, and the Lord said, my servant Caleb, wouldn't you like it, Brenda, my servant Brenda? Hallelujah. He has a different spirit. He has another spirit. And he's followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land where he went, and his seed shall possess it. I want to have a different spirit. I want to follow him fully. I want to know the Lord so that I don't fall into what they fell into. And so the Lord gave them, he gave them their punishment that those that were over 20 would end up dying in the wilderness and not go into the promised land. So because they still didn't understand, the next day they got up and said, well, we're going to go take the land. And the leadership said, don't go up, for the Lord isn't among you. Timing is important. Going when it's God's time is important. Listening to your leadership is important. Why are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord? It will not prosper, and it didn't. It didn't. The Amalekites and the Canaanites came down and smote it. So, now we can learn from this. They didn't draw near to God, but we can. They didn't believe he wanted to bless them. We can believe that the Lord wants to bless us. You know, the devil's a liar. He tries to tell us that God's against us, not for us, but God is for us. They listened to grumblers and complainers, and they hung out with that mixed multitude. We need to watch who we hang, hang around with. Because, you know, I love Mary Vaughn because she's always so positive. She always has a scripture. She always tells you, you know, and she's always trusting God. She very seldom ever says, you know, I'm sick. I mean, occasionally she'll have to if she can't come because of it. But she's so positive, and I tease her. I'm like, makes me want to smack you because you're so positive all the time. You know, and then it makes me be like, because maybe I was grumbling and complaining. So we got to be around people that will encourage us to praise God, that will pull out the best of us. And so 
they didn't understand God's authority and leaders, and we can understand God's God-given authority. And they saw giants instead of the milk and honey. We can see the promises. They experienced God's glory and miracles, but didn't allow them to change them on the inside. But we can. We can allow when God moves. And even if it doesn't happen to us, but we see someone else be healed or someone else be blessed or someone else receive something, we can say, thank you, God, that you're a good God. And you can claim it. You can say, I want that. I want that. So... This is just, uh, I'm, I'm closing up here, but you know, because of the children of Israel, Moses didn't get to go into the promised land because they were wandering and they were demanding water again. You know, and you'd think God had done it before. Why couldn't they remember? And so the Lord told Moses to speak to the rock, but instead, in his aggravation at the people, he said, hear you now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of the rock? And he hit the rock and smote it twice. And so then he was not able to go into the promised land because of these people that God gave him. But we are going to be better than that. We're not going to keep going around the mountain, are we? We're not going to miss out on the things that God has for us. We're going to know how to be a people that are full of faith. When God says, I'm going to give you this land, we're going to go for it. We're going to say, yes, this land, God has promised me, and we're going to go for it. And we're going to learn how to be wise, and we're going to learn how to draw near to God. And we're going to learn how to listen to the voice of the Lord. And as, as I was reading this, it really encouraged me. It encouraged me not to be like the children of Israel. <laughs> it encouraged me to want to be one that has praise in my mouth and that one that draws near to the Lord and one that appreciates our uh, the, the godly leadership over me and one that... Uh, doesn't see the problems, but sees the promises. And so, Pastor Dan, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Well done. I want to appreciate the gift Marty is to us and the way that she shares with us what she sees in the Word and how it's bread of life for us. We're going to stand and let's have a prayer together. And maybe just put your hand on your heart. We just pray. Father, thank you for your affection for us, your deep compassion for us, the way you're leading us, each one of us in our life journey to green pastures and still waters, always restoring our soul, always wanting to show us more of your your joy and love and peace. Thank you for being who you are towards us. You're the most amazing dad imaginable. Praise you, God. Praise you for your goodness. Praise you for the lessons that we learned today from your holy Bible, your re redemption story, our story. Praise you, God. We ask you to bless each one of us as we 
go our way now. Keep us and our families safe and good health. Give us wisdom for every decision we face. Give us favor at everything we do. Give us opportunities to share your love and your life with others. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a super, super.